Daniels, he's going to keep. He's going to walk into the end zone. Here comes one to the cup. Left-hand layup good. Kansas is the 2023 WNIT champions. This is the Jayhawker Podcast, presented by the University of Kansas Health System. Well, here we are for another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley, along with Wayne Simeon. The Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the President Hotel, downtown Kansas City. Wayne, how are we doing, buddy? Come on, man. We're doing great. Fall is upon us. Football started. Cross-country started. Soccer started. Golf has started. Like, it's, it's a lot hap- there's a lot happening on. Later on in the show, we're going to have Jamie Bermel. On to talk about Cecil wins a golf tournament. And again, you don't know how hard it is to win a collegiate golf tournament. There's so many guys out there. And so we had the individual champ at the Folds of Honor tournament up in Michigan. Former Kansas golfer Dan Rooney uh, redid a course along with Jack Nicholas redid a course that the Rooney's had. And it's, uh, it was a big-time atmosphere and a great win for one of our guys, Mark Francis, in his 25th year of Kansas, at Kansas, heading up our women's soccer program, undefeated this year, 3-0-3 oh, opportunity uh, on Thursday night to take on UMKC. But yeah. Nice top foot- 25 victory. Volleyball beating Marquette. Um, Bray Bouchard and that group getting off to a great start. Tough field, lost one early to and lost another. To Purdue and oh. five. Yeah, um, but, 16-14. Yeah, but they're marching along, and it looks like they got some good momentum early on in the season as well. And on to football. Friday night, Illinois, what an, power five. What an environment last Friday, right? So good. And, Missouri State comes to town, and, you know, I wouldn't say start off a little slow, but, you know, we were behind early, but then just put it on them. 48 points put up by Jason Bean. We can't stress how important it is to have a great backup. Jalen Daniels couldn't go, and you just give the ball to Jason Bean and put up 48 points. And so what a luxury to have uh, word out of football. Coach Leipold and and Andy Kultonecki said that uh, throughout the week that Jalen Daniels getting more and more reps throughout the week. Reps, reps. Reps are huge. You practice how you play. You play how you practice, and uh, um, it's something that they're very hopeful that Jalen will be able uh, to get out there on Friday night, but uh, obviously a, a game-time deal. But, again, coaches on our uh, – Coach Leipold and Colton Eckie both said that he's getting more and more reps throughout the week, so obviously good news. Yeah, well, that's really good news, but I got to say I did uh, have a, a soft spot, spot in my heart seeing uh, Jason Bean get the start. Just thinking about the way the season finished last year uh, in that uh, quadruple overtime uh, loss against Arkansas in the, in, the, in the Liberty Bowl, and, and obviously Jason Bean having uh, the ball in his hands in that last possession. Things didn't go his way, but uh, just the competitiveness and the courage he had to come back um, you know, to, for, for another year, to not have his story as a Jayhawk in that way, uh, to get the start and then come out and to have a really good performance and to lead us into a high-scoring victory over Missouri State. Now, of course, we know when we start the season out and we play an opponent like that with a Big Ten opponent looming the next week, offensively, you kind of tend to kind of hold your cards yeah. close to your vest. You don't want to show too much. You don't want to open up the playbook completely. Uh, but it was really good seeing Jason Bean had that performance. Daniel Hyshaw, who was coming off yes. the season-ending injury, uh, great to be able to see him out the there taking reps. I mean, for and, him uh, to come back after that gruesome injury That was last a gruesome year. injury, and, and it's a little close to home for you and I because, what, we grew up in the Bo Jackson era. And I yeah. mean, that was the first thing that I thought yeah. when – I saw that injury happen was I'm thinking about, wow, that's that's something that similarly looked like ended right. Bo Jackson's career, who's one yeah. of the all-time greatest athletes ever. Maybe the greatest. Maybe the greatest all-time. Um, you know. So, yeah, we were all so nervous last year. But how about, the again, the perseverance for him with our medical staff coming back and out there. Devin Neal, local Lawrence legend with that first touchdown of the year. Wow, that was uh, almost 50 yards. and as dynamic oh, as you've ever seen. Boom. Like, that looked easy. And so it's so cool to see guys like that that, you know, in this day and age of NIL and transfers and everybody caught me. Devin Neal is a hot commodity. He's like, no, I'm here. This is my hometown team. Yeah. 
I want to be a part of the rebuild. And, and, and it's got to be so much more satisfying for a guy like that to, who has weathered the storm growing up in this town and, like, seeing all the things that our program went through and then to be part of the solution and to get us to a bowl game last year and to get us to that next level this year for him to have the success that he's having. It's one of the great stories in the history of Kansas athletics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we love that it's a local kid that's really anchoring uh, that that group together and saw the defense get involved, Kobe Bryant with the takeaway and uh, early in his his campaign. And he's going to be a, a, an all-conference performer yet again. And uh, Rich Miller getting involved there on the second level at the linebacker core. So we saw some really, really good things uh, last Friday. Uh, somewhat of a slow start uh, early on, but yeah. but certainly trending in the right direction for a huge matchup this Friday against against Illinois. Well, we talked transfer portal and NIL. Another thing that's kind of new to college athletics is the uniforms, right? They've become such a focal point of the current team and, and how you do it, how many different ones you have. It's a recruiting tool, right? Absolutely. And, you know, when I, I remember talking to Kenny Logan in the hallway about a month ago, and it was right before we announced that we were going with these black uniforms tonight, and he was so excited about tomorrow night and what they're going to look like. It's 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 some of our fans, are, you know, the, the old fuddy-duddies are going to say, well, black isn't a part of our school colors. Sure, sure. I get it. But – it's the way of the world. Turn on an NBA game. Turn on anything. And, you know, Giannis and Milwaukee, Bucks, all green, right? You might wear red shoes. It just doesn't matter anymore. So embrace it. The kids love it. It's going to look cool. And, it, again, it's a it, – it really is a tool – uh, to, it used to be. How many uniforms did we have when we were playing? Two? Uh, two, three. We, 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 Maybe we three. We wore some red ones there. But, yeah, it was you know. white at home. Blue on the road, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe another, maybe a red if he caught Coach Williams on a good day. <laughs> and he go, okay, we'll do red because he liked, he liked you. But I remember when I suggested that we do red, he laughed me out of his office. And uh, so maybe if you're an All-American, you get to choose that. Yeah, well, an incredible release, a ton of buzz. And I'll tell you what, everyone on campus, and then my kids are in high school now, all of them are absolutely in love with it, and yeah. they're so, so excited. And I love the addition also of the Warhawk yeah. uh, on that. That's um, been kind of a new thing, the evolution of the Jayhawk. It was always just the, the, your Jayhawk, right? Now the 1912, but I, I like this Warhawk. It's more it's, it's more kind of an attitude. It's kind it's of angry. Gritty. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of got a scat. It's not like the happy one, you know, high-fiving kids. This is one that your kids might uh, stay away from, but it's a, that's a good thing, and yeah, I think it's and, perfect and hopefully our for guys, football. Yeah, and our guys on the football field Friday night have got to adapt that type of mentality yeah. uh, against uh, against a Big Ten opponent, and so uh, it's really exciting. You know, we, we, we dabbled and tried uh, the black uniforms, uh, you know, before. Probably felt a little forced, a little, little ahead of its time, but this – was done really, really well by our friends timing's at perfect. Adidas. Uh, the timing's perfect to be released because not only is the booth going to be packed on Friday and we need everyone to make sure they're there uh, to help that be the case, and our student section was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, they really were. And, that, and, that's, and that's Friday of a holiday week, and I know everyone's yeah. you've been in school for a couple weeks, and they're just like, all right, I'm going to go to the lake, I'm going to do whatever. But props to our student population because they showed up and I, I can only imagine that it's going to be that much more tomorrow night because it's you got no holiday. It's going to be f great in Lawrence. The atmosphere, the weather's going to be great. Another night game, and I, I, I love it. And and I know a lot of people, donors that are coming into town, and it's it's become like the place to be as it should be. So we got to make sure that we sell this thing out. So if you're sitting at home watching this, come to Lawrence. There's plenty of inventory. Get up here, buy some tickets, and be a part of it. And and for our Jayhawks that are out of range, and when I say out of range, I'm talking like three, four hours plus. Yeah. If you're within that range, hop in the car, head on out here. But this is going to be the first game on ESPN yeah. for our football program since, what, 1995? Right. Which, which – was it's not the ESPN Plus? Sure. Or the, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is like the mothership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, why we do it on a Friday. And you know, it, it, it warranted having a little bit of a schedule shifting around because right. we had to do that late summer and kind of yeah. move some Thursday games to a Friday and whatnot. But totally worth it. Worth it to be the premier game on the 
premier sports network. And, you know, a, a Friday night game, you know, might seem, ah, you know, college football is played on Saturday, but guess what? Like, you're the only show in town, like, the only game you're to watch. You're one of one. And, and, uh, and you know this, like, most teams that are playing on Saturday afternoon, they finish up all their meetings Friday evening, and then they go back to their room to watch yeah. who's playing on Friday Friday night. This is a showcase for our city, for our brand. It, like you said, out of the region, hey, Friday night, what else are you going to do? You know, just sit at home and watch your Jayhawks. Come to the booth. Uh, wear, wear whatever you want to wear. You can wear your blue. You can wear your red. But uh, the, the guys are going to be in the all blacks. And, again, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to 18 to 22-year-olds to be in control of that, whether – you know, you want to be in control of it or what? I get it, but this is—it's a recruiting tool. It's a—you—you it, you want your kids to to feel good, right? You know, granted that that that's that goes away in about two minutes, but uh, I love the excitement, the buzz around everything that has to do with the game tomorrow night. Yeah, and I've already got some Christmas wish list items that have been added from my own family because all three of my boys want. The black uniform. Are we going to do, you and I do gifts this year? Uh, are we going to exchange gifts? Yeah. I mean, I'm already getting three black uniforms. I can throw one of those in there okay. for you. And, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I need like a lineman size. Could, the, could this trickle <laughs> over into basketball? Could we potentially ooh. see the black oh. uniforms on the hardwood? That could be pretty cool. But let's, let's enjoy them tomorrow as we get a chance to to see our Jayhawks. You might, you might have just, just started a conversation amongst our Millions of viewers. Well, if everyone else is already excited about it, I'm sure there's going to be additional excitement for, for for more alternate uniforms in the in the Jayhawk universe. You know, as we look at the schedule for this Kansas football team, obviously tomorrow night against Illinois, massive opportunity to, to continue to build on the momentum that Lance and his staff have built over the previous two years. A, 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 a watershed moment, really. I mean, we go – we can go two and zero, and then have an opportunity to go get a road win, and you know that's what we did last year when we created that buzz. You know, went went out on the road, albeit got down early, but we're able to come back. So stick with this team, and the the opportunities there as you look around the Big Twelve, it's hard to it's hard to really uh, gauge the first week. But we had some teams that have been perennial, you know, at the top that got beaten. You know, you look at Baylor. Got beat at home by a, a Texas State. Now we know Baylor's got athletes and they're going to be fine. But it's, there's a great opportunity. You know, Texas and Oklahoma are still with us, but next year they won't be. So we have a. You know, everyone keeps saying, "Hey, it's a race to the middle." No, it's it can be a race to the top, as it should be. And I know that 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 phrase is never uttered in our in the Anderson family complex because this race is to the top and and and. We're building on that momentum. We got the right guy in charge. Travis Goff was able to to secure the the continuity, and that's that's what we're seeing right now. The offense, you know, you you deal with some injuries. There's some guys that played in the first game that won't play in the second. There's some guys that didn't play in the first game that will play. You know, it's going to happen throughout the year. You're going to have Knicks and all that, but depth is so important. And this staff has done an amazing job. Started right off the bat with Jason Bean. Having him when Jalen Daniels isn't available, but there's all over from the offensive line to whatever, we have depth, and that's the key to long success. Yeah, well, I like what you mentioned there. It's about, you know, what's taking place across the conference, whether it's in week one or what's going to happen uh, with the realignment and as it pertains not only to football, but I think everyone in the department, certainly all of our coaches and athletes, uh, have this in mindset that, you know, there's no – uh, plan to just settle for people to stay where they're at. Right. Um, we know the football is going to keep climbing uh, no matter who's coming in, who's going out. Um, basketball is going to be a staple and a mainstay um, on that from the men's side. Of course, women's basketball uh, finished the year strong with that. You know, Coach Bouchard, Coach Francis, man, everyone uh, within uh, the Kansas Athletic Department is, is vying and has an eye, not – uh, just to maintain the success and the respect that we've had here perennially, but also going to, to the very top and wanting to be the best, the best in the Big 12. You know, and last week we had Travis Goff on to talk about the Gateway Project, and, and now you drive around 
David Booth Memorial Stadium, and you see some fencing going up and some some trailers, oh, oh, oh. some construction trailers. It's real. I mean, it's, it's here. we're into September. We're into September, so we're only three months away from a lot of heavy equipment going in there, knocking some stuff down, which is going to be so fun to watch the progress that will be the Gateway District, and uh, we have a lot of the 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 supporters of ours that'll be in town this weekend to see that are coming from out of town, that'll see what it is now. And we can kind of prove to them and see the vision of what it's going to be. And, and the only way to, not the only way, but to really get them excited is for a victory tomorrow night against Illinois. Yeah. And I think it's important that you mention that because yes, the project has already started. It's not like we're waiting for the end of the season. And so uh, you are going to see a little bit of construction. You're going to see some dirt moving around. You're going to see some fencing. And, okay, it could be an inconvenience. It could be an eyesore. But the right mindset to be able to picture it as is progress is taking place. Yeah. And it's going to be a little bit messy. It's going to be inconvenient for a time, for a season. Uh, but if it, if you need to, hey, man, go on the Kansas Athletic website. Man, visit the Gateway Project uh, webpage and see what we're working towards because uh, it won't be before too long before we'll have that that beautiful renovation complete. You know, we I don't remember where we were the other day, but we were talking about Naismith Drive. You know, for 20 years, there wasn't a whole lot of development or new construction. And what was it, 2016, I think, Kansas did the new business school, the DeBruce Center, and McCarthy Hall, all within about 1,000 feet of each other. It looked like a... It looked like a prison. I mean, there was fencing and construction equipment everywhere, and it it was difficult to drive around and all that. But you know what that means? That's progress, and that's what's going to happen at the booth. You're going to see it. It's going to be messy, as you said. But in 2025, all that's going to be forgotten. We're going to look at this beautiful construction that we just put up, and 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 we need it. I mean, it's, it's overdue. Travis Goff has led his team, and, and – we're going to have to do our part. There's a, the, the Kansas nation is going to have to support this. It's a lot of money, but we've got the most generous fan base in the country. I know that's a bold statement, but you and I live and breathe that every day. And we know the task at hand, but I have no doubt in my mind that this will be fully funded, partly because of the momentum, but more importantly, part of our generosity of our loyal supporters. Yeah, and it's all the more reason to to come out on a on a Friday or Saturday uh, to pack the booth. I know that was several of the conversations uh, that I was having uh, around the game day last Friday. Is actually soaking up the nostalgia of uh, David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium as we've known it now, as we've known it to be for 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 so long. As we've had. You know, a lot of football games there. We've had so many folks uh, walk down the hill into graduation, uh, into that environment as it stands. Uh, So much of that is going to be maintained and is going to continue to be the case in terms of our traditions. Uh, But a lot of it's going to change. And so if you want to catch your last part of nostalgia uh, for uh, David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium as it stands now, hey, come soak it up. Uh, Come enjoy it before uh, we get messy and we, uh, we get new. Pack the booth tomorrow night. Black Unis going to be a great atmosphere. Let's put it on Illinois. Get us a Power 5 victory and move on to Nevada. But we'll see you tomorrow night when we come back here on the Jayhawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the President Hotel, downtown Kansas City. See our man, Philip Stranod. But we'll be back with Jamie Bermel, our head men's golf coach, coming off. Uh, Team-wise, an okay showing. He'll probably say really not okay, yeah. but an individual. Cecil Blyle, the new CB. W- the new CB. <laughs> That's a good one. He, he wins a big boy golf tournament in Michigan. When we come back, we'll have Jamie Bermel, Rock Chalk. It was late, and one of my patients was having trouble sleeping. He was feeling uneasy, he told me. I asked him, is there anything I can do to help? I'm pretty sure he's the only patient ever to ask me to dance at 2 a.m. But sometimes, being the best nurse I can be is just being the best person I can be. And we're back here on the Jay Hawker podcast, another segment with uh, 
a coach, great friend of mine, Ann Wayne's been around for 12 years. Uh, Jamie Bermel, who's uh, running on fumes right now, <laughs> got home last night from Michigan at what two or three o'clock after a, a great tournament. Uh, individually, not as good team-wise, but uh, you played a, a course that's very uh, unique and uh, has some Kansas ties as one of our former golfers, Dan Rooney, who's uh, made a name for himself big time in the charitable and philanthropic world, started a charity called the Folds of Honor, which is a massive organization that that uh, really helps military families uh, that are in need uh, after a family member in the military fallen soldiers, and he's just done an amazing job. It's a national, well, really a worldwide brand. And uh, Dan Rooney and, and Jack Nicholas uh, created this golf course. But let's let's get to Jamie Bermel, the head golf coach in his twelfth season here at the University of Kansas. Welcome to the pot. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Um, I'm definitely running on the fumes late night last night, uh, but excited for the show, and uh, let's talk some golf. Well, the sign behind you is appropriate because winning is hard. To win an individual golf tournament with the kind of the caliber of schools that were in it, the caliber of players, when you throw the transfer portal in, you know, like the guy for Arkansas was, you know, the fifth-year senior who was a transfer from Northwestern that Cecil had to battle, but – Talk about the tournament. Give us an overview of who all was in it, how you guys did, and then obviously the, the individual honor goes to one of your guys. Yeah, um, great event that Dan Rooney puts on. And obviously on the Golf Channel, the Golf Coaches Association was a part of. So uh, Dan being a Kansas guy, uh, that's how that's our end to the tournament. But, uh, you know, when you can play on TV and a national audience, uh, Really a great opportunity, great exposure for the program. Uh, some really good teams all over the country. Um, South Carolina, Florida State, Oregon State, uh, Notre Dame, Indiana, North Carolina State. So teams from all over, uh, obviously, uh, with Dan's military connection and what he does for the military people. Uh, the Air Force team was there, Army, uh, Navy. So. Um, it was a great event, uh, very, very good field there. And, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, fortunately for the team, Cecil won, uh, as the individual, which was a great win for him. And then, uh, team didn't play so well, kind of struggled getting a couple scores each day, but, uh, uh, like I said, great experience and a lot of fun to be on TV. Well, when Wayne and I were driving here to this, this podcast facility event, KC, we're talking as athletes, former athletes. Wayne's a better athlete now than I am. But but we talked about how our coaches would coach in locker room settings when things aren't going well. And, and Wayne, what uh, how do you think uh, what do you think the differences are between a golf coach and a, and a Bill Self when he's in that locker room? Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't really know. That's something I'm curious to hear uh, from Coach Bermel in the sense that uh, hey, when you have a guy that's locked in. Uh, like Cecil was, is it one of those things where, hey, I don't say much to him, I stand back, I let him do his thing. You have a new assistant on your staff, Tony Blake. Uh, what's uh, his engagement and his role like? And or on the other side, as you mentioned earlier, hey, there are times when as a team you're not doing well. And, you know, we have a picture in our mind of of what it's like with Bill and Lance storming up and down the, the you know, the sideline, barking and getting after it. Well, I imagine that looks pretty different when it comes to to a golf coach when you're trying to get your guys dialed in. So explain to us a little bit about that dynamic uh, that <clears throat> took place the last couple of days. Yeah, you know, part of coaching is know what to say and when to say it, right? So, you know, when, when Cecil's playing so well and the, the other guys are struggling, that's a tough you know, tough conversation uh, because you, you don't want to get in Cecil's way, but also you kind of reflect on what's working for him. Maybe the other guys follow in there. So, um, you know, we're an experienced team. Everybody played virtually all the tournaments last year. So it's not like we had freshmen out there. We just, you know, we didn't respond. And, 
as the head coach, I got to get that figured out. But, um, you know, see, so we, we kind of, you know, he started off with a very, very poor week, uh, in a sense that we travel with a $20,000 piece of, uh, it's basically a launch monitor and Cecil forgot it at the, uh, security in Kansas city. So got off to a bad start. (laughs) Were you able to retrieve it? Uh, no, I mean, we found it. Um, we had somebody come pick it up because I didn't want to ship it. Uh, you know, that's a carry on piece. You don't want it shipped and you don't want people handling somebody drops it or whatever. So we just went without this week, but, uh, so on the positive side, you're saying he's mentally strong because he made a mistake and overcame adversity. Yeah, he did. And, you know, Cecil is a, He's, he's a special player in a sense that probably the most disciplined, hardest working uh, kid I've ever coached. And I mean, every single day he comes to work and he wants to get better. He, he, he wants feedback. He wants to be critiqued. He accepts it. He'll grind on it uh, almost to a fault. Um, so, you know, this week, he didn't really qualify that well because he was so excited to be back for his fifth year and prove that he, you know, he's the guy and he, he really kind of struggled and he struggled out at the USAM the first uh, nine holes because he wanted to play so well. So, uh, and then settled in played 27 really nice holes. So, um, but just an awesome kid and a hard worker and glad he's on, on the KU golf team for sure. Well, as you go through your team, like you said, you got a lot of guys back and, and you know, Davis Cooper, who's won before. Will Will King, who was great, made the NCAs last year, and they didn't play well. How do you how do you deal with that? I mean, they, they know who they are and what they did wrong right. and how to correct, but as a coach, how much involvement I mean, nowadays guys have swing coaches, life coaches, coaches for everything, right? So right. in your role how much do you involve yourself in the, the mental side of it? Or is it more just, hey, you, you got to bang more balls? How does it work? You know, I think a lot of that is they kind of get in a rut and then they there's some doubt that creeps in. And, you know, I think the first turn of the year, they, they try so hard because they are seniors, uh, William Duquette and Davis, and they want to play so well. You know, they put so much pressure on themselves. And it's just kind of a snowball effect that, you know, just then their attitude isn't very good. And then they get impatient and, you know, it just it goes from bad to worse. So we need to figure out a way to get them to settle in and believe in themselves um, because they are good players and they are, they're very experienced. You know, like you said, Will King played in the NCAA tournament was the, uh, the six individuals. He was, he was a low individual out there. So he can, play at a high level as well. So I think that's the key uh, for the next event is they're going to have to take it upon themselves to believe in themselves and, and just kind of will their way through this. Now the casual golf fan doesn't normally think of uh, men's college golf (coughs) as being a fall sport, you know, like a football, but man, you guys are in the thick of it. Got back last night, 2 a.m. Guys get a day of class today and then you're leaving tomorrow to head to Minnesota uh, for another multi-day tournament. What's that turnaround like? Uh, do you prefer it that way? Guys coming off of uh, difficult performance now are challenged to hop right back on, think next play, forget about what happened. Um, to tell us about that tournament and then also the travel uh, uh, implications that are behind that as well. Yeah, it's it, it's a tough and quick turnaround. And, you know, I don't typically schedule that way, but certainly – I like both tournaments, you know, playing on national TV at Dan's course out in Michigan. It's a great opportunity. Uh, the golf course up in Minnesota is, is really good. We've had some success up there. We have um, two Minnesota guys that are really playing on, you know, it's a home, home, home event for them. So couldn't pass up either one. So the, the, the turnaround is quick, you know, um, hopefully, uh, you know, these guys that play poorly have a short memory and can get in the classroom today and forget about golf for a day and, and just kind of recharge and uh, 
you know, we'll practice a little bit in the morning. Uh, I'll work them out and we'll practice and then get in the van and drive up to Minnesota. So, um, but again, everybody's played that golf course last year. So it's not like, you know, we're grinding the practice round because we've never seen the course. It's kind of getting yardages, checking yardages, making sure our lines are good off the tees and stuff like that. So uh, it's different if you, if you have an inexperienced team, for sure. Well, like Wayne said, fall is different for men's golf because this is part of your season, more to do with rankings when you get to the spring. But how many tournaments will you play in the fall and what's what's the final? Are you still going to Hawaii? We are. Yeah, we're, we're playing uh, Monday or Sunday, Monday in um, Minnesota, and then we have a couple weeks off, and then we're going to Notre Dame, and then we have the Big 12 match play in Texas, and we've had a new event in Mississippi, uh, at Fallen Oak, and then and the and the uh, fall season in Maui um, at Kanapali. So busy uh you know six tournaments it's a lot um but with an experienced team uh i i'm hopeful that we can handle it for sure so you've talked to us about uh the recent tournament uh taught us a little bit about your players talk to us a little bit about you coach Burmo, just kind of your coaching evolution over uh your last 12 years and, and how you're trying to shape the program the culture uh what it's like this year with uh, a more experienced team as it has been um, you know, in the past, working with, you know, some of the younger guys, how, how are things developing for you uh, coaching philosophy-wise, and, and what are your expectations for this season? You know, uh, the expectations are the same every year. We're trying to make it to postseason, and when you get to postseason, anything can happen. Um, so um, we're trying to uh, – we're experienced this year, and uh, obviously it didn't help last week, but – you know, I still believe in these guys. All five guys are good. We have some incoming freshmen um, that are going to put pressure on them, I think, uh, and push them along. Uh, you know, we a lot of times travel with at least one individual, so that gives younger kids an opportunity to get their feet in the fire a little bit and see what they can do. But, uh, you know, we're trying to develop these guys. Um, you know, our, our model is – we're, we're hopeful that by the time they're a senior, that's their best golf. And we're trying to develop them each year, get a little more experience, get a little stronger in the weight room, uh, get a little more experience on the golf course. And um, by the time they're a senior and then they graduate, um, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, their first uh, thing out of college is they want to try professional golf. So it's kind of the developmental stage for professional golf and along the way obviously they're going to get their degree so that's obviously very important to us as well well before we let you go wayne and i would be remiss without talking about the jayhawk golf partners how can uh everybody that's watching this segment get involved with kansas golf yeah we have a, a fundraising arm that helps us do uh things from facility improvements to um uh, you know, upgrades in the travel and all that stuff. Uh, so it's Jayhawk Golf Partners. It's on a, it's on the KU Men's Golf website. Um, we do socials. Uh, we kind of have an inside view of, of uh, Kansas Men's Golf, uh, an opportunity to play golf with them, meet with them, uh, get to know those kids because everybody has a great story. You know, we have some international players um, from all over the world. This year we have – uh, the Netherlands, Czech Republic, a couple Canadians. We've had uh, the Hillier brothers from New Zealand. So, um, you know, we, we get kids from all, all over the world, not just uh, state of Kansas. So a great opportunity for our donors uh, to get involved and uh, meet these kids and be a part of our program. Yeah, let's not forget the swag also that comes with being a part of the Jayhawk Golf Partners because – I, I lose track of how many times people come up and ask me, hey, how can I get one of those those golf hats, man? Hey, how can I get a, a head cover? Man, the 1912 Jayhawk on all the golf apparel, man. How can I how can I get some of that? So that's certainly a, a key portion of, uh, of that experience yeah, as well. Yeah, and the golf partners, it's, you know, we know what it's like for football and basketball at Kansas as far as 
what you're able to do. But with the golf program, for lack of a better term, you can be a, a big fish in a smaller pond and, and really uh, have some interaction with the guys, like Coach said, as far as playing with them. And if you're in a city that Kansas is going to participate in, whether somewhere in Minnesota or Michigan or in Scottsdale, uh, they want you to come out and, and have some interaction with the guys. So it's a, a great avenue for you to get involved and really help a program that needs it in just terms of, like Jamie said, or whether it's travel or whether it's when you're on the road, being able to go to a, a different place or have a different experience for these kids. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I think the donors like it because, uh, you know, we do a, a clinic uh, where the where the kids are teaching and they can see firsthand just how good these kids are and and maybe get a swing tip or two so um, it's a lot of fun it, it, it you know from a coaching standpoint it, it's a good teaching moment for our guys that you know instead of staring at their phone they have to communicate with adults and carry on a conversation so it's a win-win for for both of us and uh, I think the folks that are involved, uh, have a lot of fun with it and build um, lifetime relationships. Uh, one of the one of the donors was over in uh, England or Scotland, wherever they just played the Walker Cup and ran into a former golfer, Callum Bruce, who lives in Scotland, was down to watch. Yeah. So uh, I saw the picture this weekend. So stuff like that that's that's a lot of fun and um, it's good for the kids and it's great for the donors. Well, we appreciate your time. I know you're tired, so go back to your nap. I know you yeah. you can't see it in his office. He's got a pull-out couch there that he sleeps a lot on. So yeah. get 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 some Z's this afternoon because you got to be back on the road. And uh, we'll definitely be following. Go to you know our, our app. Go to Kansas Athletics. You can follow the golf team Twitter wherever, and, and go to Golf Stat, which always has good. Uh, uh, the, the ability to kind of follow the guys live. And I know Wayne and I were in the office yesterday watching it on the Williams Fund TV and cheering on. Well, basically, we were cheering against because Cecil was already done. We loved it when the guy hit it in the mud or whatever, and, and it looked like Cecil was going to win. Wayne, that's about as loud as I've heard you cheer in a while. Hey, you were good. loud. Yeah, it was good. But uh, enjoy the trip to Minnesota. Play better and uh, appreciate your time. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Coach. That was All Coach right. Jamie Bermel here in his 12th season. This is the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. We will be back with another long-tenured coach at Kansas, Mark Francis. Back here for another segment here on the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. Just had Jamie Bermel on talking about men's golf, and now we are joined by our second Longest tenured coach at Kansas in his 25th season, Mark Francis. How you doing, Coach? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. How about that? You know, we were talking off air. Ray Bouchard, 26 years. You, 25. Bill, 21. I mean, the continuity and longevity of our coaches. Uh, Wayne and I talked about it a couple weeks ago about the Jayhawk Appreciation Dinner and how – all of yep. you guys and all, all of our coaches had the same message that you've been here a long time. Has there been more camaraderie, more uh, momentum? Just everything about Kansas athletics is on a, is a, on a really strong path. Yeah, it is. I think it's on the upward swing. I think we've always had that camaraderie. I think, um, I think the group of coaches that we currently have uh, and administration, I think, add to what it's been before. And part of it is we're all in the same building, you know. So, so geographically, you see him. In, I mean, I saw Ray four times in the hallway yesterday, you know, right. checking in with him on, you know, they're on the road, Wichita State today, and, uh, and then they go to Colorado. He's, I mean, so you bump into people in the hallways and you have those dis discussions because you're in the same building. So that that obviously fosters it, but. I think the current group of coaches that we have are just, it's not just about their sport and them, you know, they're, they're genuinely interested in what everybody else is doing. Well, let's talk about your team. Uh, unbeaten so far, 3-0 oh, and 3. Uh, really had a nice start to the first six games. Uh, so talk about your squad. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> the group defensively, we're, we're doing a really good job. Um this group is probably one of the more athletic teams we've had. 
um, and we're organized about how we want to defend. And so we've made it really difficult for opponents. And that's really the main reason we're unbeaten. I think uh, when, we, when we're in possession, especially building out of the back, we got some things we need to be better at, which we've worked on. Um, but I think for going into this weekend, that aspect of the game for our team is, is some areas we need to improve in, I think, especially going into the conference. Um, but I like the group. Their mentality is fantastic. They're very coachable. You know, when we've had to make adjustments at halftime, um, they've listened to what we've said. They've 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 gone out and they've uh, facilitated that, which in, in some of the uh, games has made a massive difference to us getting the results. So extremely coachable group. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned uh, being unbeaten uh, up until this point. Uh, the last time that that took place was in 2018. That team you coached uh, and led there made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Are you feeling that same type yeah of chemistry and momentum potentially for this year's team to even match or possibly surpass uh, that type of, of postseason accomplishment? Yeah, for sure. The group's definitely got that potential. We were missing a couple of key kids against Missouri that trained yesterday and the day before, so they'll be back this week. That'll make a big difference. Um, Shira Elanov, who was our leading goal scorer last year, hasn't played yet. Um, she, I think, is going to be able to train next week, so she potentially could be back for conference, which will, which will also make a difference. So, um, but because of some of the little niggly injuries we've had, some of the younger kids have had to play a lot, and there's no way, as you know, Wayne, there's no way to uh, indoctrinate somebody has to throw them into the into the kitchen, right? So, um, and we've played some tough teams, Vanderbilt, uh, Wisconsin, and the Missouri game were all tough games for us, and uh, and I think you throw them into that environment. I don't think there's anything they're going to see from here on out that's going to be more intense than some of those games have been. Well, Coach, you're a, you're like a lot of coaches. When when I brought the stat up to you before we went on that this is your 500th game, you're like, oh, is it? And that would be the same response from Bill or Lance. You know, you guys don't think about that, but it, we need to think about it. It's a it's a, a really cool milestone. You got a game tonight in Kansas City against UMKC, and and again, it talks about the continuity and longevity of your program. And I kind of wanted you to take me through those twenty five years. You know, the Gateway Project is happening for football. Early yeah. on in your career, I know because I've been around a long time too. You were promised that hey, we're going to have better facilities, better facilities. And it took a long time to get to the point of Rock Chalk Park. But talk about how important that facility is. Talk about all the things you had to tell recruits in your early years about, hey, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then it finally did. And how important Rock Chalk Park is. It's made a massive difference, Greg. I mean, the first, so so to your point, it was 16 years yeah. that we played at uh, Target Field, I think is what we was calling it. Um and, and at that time, you know, our facility was uh, was the worst in the Big 12. You know, we didn't have lights. We couldn't play in the evening, which makes it just a cool atmosphere for recruits. Um, so it was challenging, you know. I mean, we still had some successful teams. We still were able to recruit some good players. But we definitely missed out on – we weren't recruiting on an even playing field. There's no doubt. Uh, once we got the facility – I mean, it's no surprise in 2019 when we won the Big 12, went to the Sweet 16, you know, we finished the year ranked 11th. That group of seniors, there were seven of them, five of those kids went on and played pro. That was our first recruiting class that on their visit watched us play at Rock Chalk Park. So that gives you any idea. Sure. Um, the last two seasons, we've led the Big 12 in minutes played by freshmen. So, you know, we're getting, we're getting like top, top kids now. Not that we haven't in the past, but we've missed out on a lot because the facility wasn't what it needed to be. The experience is different. You know, if, if you went to the Missouri game the other night, there were 1,300 people there and, and the atmosphere was cool, you know? So it's made a massive difference. I, I can't even I can't even tell you how big of a difference it's made and continues to make. You know, when we bring people in, we used to do, uh, it's kind of funny, on recruit visits, if, uh, if they were coming in, if they weren't coming in for a game, it was during basketball season or something, we'd do a drive-by of the field at, at uh, the Target Center. We'd be on a campus tour and we go, oh, yeah, that, that's our field over there. And then we just keep driving. <laughs> I mean, it. Um, now, obviously, it's a showcase piece and, and we, we focus on that. We talk about what a difference it's made. We talk about the fact that we only go there for games. We train on campus. Um, so it's more like a professional setting. You know, you know, pro teams don't train in their stadiums every day. They go there for games. And so the mentality part of that, too, you show up to the to Rock Talk Park as a player, you know, it's game day, you know. And so 
things like that that have really i think helped us and you know since covid it was unfortunate coming off of 19 you come off a season like that you really think you're going to be able to capitalize on it from a recruiting standpoint you know you've had great results a lot of players go pro uh and then we had COVID, so we had no visits for the next two years really it changed recruiting dramatically and so we really weren't able to capitalize on that and now we're starting to get back to where we're able to get kids consistently on campus see what we have to offer i think they like the product on the field kids like the way we play um we've sent a lot of kids onto the pros which i mean the kids we're recruiting now women's women's soccer worldwide there's so many opportunities to go play uh, outside of after college and and i mean i'd say 99 percent of the kids we're recruiting now you say what do you want to do after college i want to play professionally so, you know, we talked to them about the players we've sent on and the success we've had doing that and the reasons for that. Um, and that's really helped us get some kids that, you know, maybe in the past we haven't been able to get. And how about the surge that has just taken place in our region for soccer? And you think about your overall 25 years, we've got uh, the birth of, of um, you know, sporting Kansas City. We've got the KC Current now uh, that are building yeah. their stadium in North Kansas City, of which you've sent several of your players to go be a part of that roster. We're going to be hosting a World yeah. Cup. Uh, we're getting local talent. I think 11 of your 28 players are from the Kansas City area. So how yeah. has just a surge of the soccer culture locally here in the area really helped um, your program? Oh, yeah, it's been massive. You know, And also, you know, the one thing you hadn't mentioned, Wayne, you might not know, is across the highway from legends uh u.s soccer federation has built a complex over there that they use for all their licensing and some of the training camps with national teams so you got that piece of it as well no it's been massive i mean back in the day honestly i mean there was one maybe two kids in the whole state that we felt like uh we needed to go after i mean now there's numerous players every year and we're not getting all of them but we go after all of them um i think the, the message has gotten out to the rest of the teams in the country too college teams that there's good players in kansas city you got kids going all over in the 24 uh 20 this this past year's 23 class and the 24 class and we've been fortunate to get a lot of them um but uh you know if there's a player within an hour drive of here or two hour drive of here that's good enough to play at Kansas, we're definitely going to go after them when we do. We go after them hard. Um, and we are fortunate. We have gotten quite a few of them. But what I found is, is kids, and it's no different than in other states, but kids are either dead set on, hey, I want to stay close to home, or they're dead set on getting out. And, and the ones that we haven't gotten have gone to like schools in California, schools in Florida, uh, East Coast. So they, they've just been set on, hey, I just want a different, different environment, different place to go check out, live somewhere else. Uh, the ones that want to stay close, for the most part, we've got most of those kids. So it's made a massive difference. I mean, a massive difference. Well, it's great to see that local talent be developed uh, and then also stay home. But uh, historically, you've been able to have a lot of success tapping into uh, the international talent pool. And uh, just a few weeks ago, we got a chance to highlight one of your all-time greats, uh, Leanna Salazar, and yep. uh, her induction into the Hall of Fame with a all-female Hall of Fame class celebrating Title IX a phenomenal event that took place on campus at the DeBruce Center. That was probably as emotional as I've ever seen you get talking about one of your players. So just tell us a little bit about, give us a recap of that event and what type of special player uh, that she was for your program, but also to you personally. Yeah, you know, Liana was recruited by everybody and their brother. I mean, the reason that we got her, one of the reasons we got her was because of her lack of English. She couldn't, back in those days, you had to have a TOEFL uh, test, which is a proficiency English test that every international has to take. And we didn't have a TOEFL requirement at Kansas, which was really unusual back in the day. Um, so most schools just couldn't get her in because she didn't speak English. We have a really good AEC program. We were able to get her in, played the first year, was phenomenal, and then was ineligible the second year because the AEC classes, even though you're taking a full load, they're only worth half credit. So she was short a ton of credits going into her second year. Uh, and what she did in that second year, summer, going into her third year to become eligible was 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 pretty unbelievable really the number of hours she had to pass in a language that she had just learned and she was a business major so it wasn't like she was doing something that was uh you know maybe a little bit easier she she graduated from KU with a business degree and was on the dean's list so uh, just the commitment and the and she has the same mentality towards the game and that's why here we are what uh eight nine ten years later she's still playing professionally and making a living and um in potentially in a in a position to go to the olympics next year and to a third olympics for columbia so 
you know, she's applied that same kind of dedication and commitment to her craft now that she's done at Kansas. And, and I think, yeah, you know, it's great when you see players go on and achieve, not just playing, but go on and achieve things. You know, some of our other former Americans, two of them, Holly Gould, Caroline Smith are both physicians, you know, like kids that have gone on and, and, and become really good citizens and become successful in whatever it is that they're going to go on to do. But I think Liana, it was more just her coming in and her situation of not speaking a word of English when she came and seeing her go through that struggle uh, to go through and, and have the success that she had on the field and off the field and then continues to have that success on the field. So, yeah, just it's just a special kid, a special person for sure. Well, Coach, before I let you go, I want to I press on the fact you talked about how great of an atmosphere it was at Rock Chalk Park when we played the Missouri Tigers. So encourage people to get out and come watch your girls out at Rock Chalk Park. Go to Kansas Athletics' website, buy some tickets, head out, and, and check out this team because every student athlete deserves the same experience that our basketball guys have in football and, and, and these, it, like you said, it's such a great facility, a great atmosphere. So uh, I want you to uh, talk about the rest of the year and some opportunities for everyone to get involved. Yeah, yeah. We're on the road here for the next three weeks, but then we come back at home. Uh, once we start conference, we're back at home in about three weeks. But yeah, you know, we play Thursday nights at seven and we play Sundays at one. So I think times are easy to, to get out. Um, the fan experience is great. You can bring kids. You know, we have a grass berm that goes around the field there's a wall so it stops the kids rolling onto the field which is a good thing um but it's a good i mean from my experience people i have friends that are not soccer people that have come to a game and i've encouraged them to come and they've always come back so i think once you experience it uh the first time it's fun the team is good we play good soccer uh it's intense um the crowd gets into it i think once somebody experiences that uh, they're like this is pretty cool you know, and we've had a lot of repeat customers, so to speak. Well, there's a reason you've been here for 25 years, done an amazing job. Uh, keep that unbeaten streak alive tonight at UMKC in yeah, Kansas Yeah, against one of your former players, Coach Jess, Jess Smith. Yeah. That's a, a former yeah. player one dynamic. Former players and head coach, yeah. Yeah, so that'll be, uh, that'll be, cool. That'll be cool. All right, well, I appreciate the time, and uh, good luck tonight and the rest of the way. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, Rock Chalk. Well, that was Mark Francis, 25 years at the helm of Kansas women's soccer at Jamie Bermelon. Talked a little just summary of all of our fall sports, but it's been another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System and the President Hotel, downtown Kansas City, right across the street from the T-Mobile Center, concerts, Big 12 tournament, Kansas versus Wichita State on December 30th. Call our man Philip Stranad down at the downtown Hilton President Hotel. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you, brother. Wayne Simeon, Southsider. Um, we'll be back next week recapping Pack the, the booth Friday. Pack Illinois. the booth tomorrow night. Don't forget, get there nationally televised. Big time atmosphere. We got to pack it. Remember how fun last year was. Let's do it again tomorrow night. We'll be back next week to talk about a, hopefully, a 2-0 Kansas team headed to Reno, Nevada to take on Nevada next Saturday night. So, again, Jayhawker Podcast brought to you by the President Hotel, the University of Kansas Health System. I am Greg Gurley, Wayne Simeon, Rock Chalk.